Hey everyone, welcome into the latest edition of the Postcast, production of the Casper Star Tribune and Pokes Authority. I am Davis Potter, Wyoming beat writer for the Star Tribune, and I am joined by my partner, uh, who always joins me each week that we record this, our managing editor and former Wyoming beatnik, Brandon Foster. Brandon, word. Hey Davis, I've uh, I've got some, since we didn't record last week, I've got some UW thoughts all stored up i often uh you know sometimes think hey i want to tweet something about wyoming athletics and it's like no just just save it for the for the pokes cast and get uh get some original content out there but uh i i want to spend the entirety of today's episode talking about the wyoming football uh tweets in which they recreated mm-hmm. criterion collection covers uh <laughs> yeah. to mock them up for spring football um, I, I don't know who that's for, except it's definitely for me. I, I'm very excited about, <laughs> about the fact that someone took the time to do like really solid, uh, photoshops of Wyoming football players and make it look like, a like somewhat niche indie, like film. Like, I, I don't know, like which, what the percentage of Wyoming film fans uh, you know, who are into both, or Wyoming football fans who are into, like, Fellini films and stuff. But I, yeah. I think they're. Bo- I think the moral of the story is everyone is really bored during spring football. Hey, well, maybe uh, maybe that this is the uh, latest example of a school um, embracing personal branding. Who knows? Uh, yeah, it's not the brand I saw coming, but it's important to know your niche. <laughs> so. Yeah. Um, so, but when you say when you say you have thoughts, are, do you actually mean thoughts or hot takes? Oh, what's what's the difference these days? No, I was just like, <laughs> I, I would love an oral history if you have time on where that idea came from and how much time they spent putting. Like they look really nice. <laughs> I don't know. Like if anyone's not familiar with the Criterion Collection, it's like this uh, like very hipster thing where. Uh, you know this this company makes like re-releases, uh, you know art artsy movies with with very um, uh, thorough like booklets of interviews with the producers or whatever, and, and they have like a new design cover, and they did this for football, and it's just like I really don't know why, but I love it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like well, I don't know why they did it, but I'm glad they did. You would uh, you would know more about that than me, but. Um... Yeah, so it's good to be back after the uh, one-week hiatus. Um, by the way, my body hates me right now after doing this uh, this move, uh, which, re- which really was like a two-week whole ordeal because I spent like the last two weeks of April basically going back and forth between my old place and my uh, new place in Laramie. And uh, I mean, I hired a moving company to like help with all the bigger stuff, but like anything that I could possibly move by myself, uh, I did. And, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm feeling the effects of that <laughs> stuff right now. So, but we're, uh, yeah, we're, I don't envy you. No, it's every time I go through a, a move, I'm reminded about just how much I hate, uh, that process, but glad it's over now. Um, but Brandon, um, Wyoming spring football is about to wrap up. Um, they've got one more practice on Thursday afternoon before holding their spring game on Saturday. So uh, we're gonna uh, we're gonna preview the spring game, uh, maybe what 
we expect to to see out at War Memorial Stadium this weekend. Um, but first, uh, some quick basketball news concerning Wyoming. Um, this has not been officially announced yet, but um, John Rothstein of CBS Sports reported earlier this week that uh, Wyoming is going to be part of the Diamond Head Classic field. Um, and that is a, that's a tournament that's played um, out in Hawaii around Christmas time. So Wyoming is... One of, I think, eight teams. Um, the rest of the field, per Rothstein, is Stanford, BYU, Northern Iowa, New Mexico State, South Florida, Liberty, and Hawaii, which is obviously the host. But um, my first thought on that is, uh, if you're a Wyoming fan, um, probably rooting for a uh, Wyoming-BYU matchup, right? Because I hear that that rivalry is pretty tame um, between the two schools. But also, um, looking forward to uh, our editor, Josh Wilson, finding the uh, – the money in our travel budget to uh, send me out there. So I just I just want John to tweet during that tournament something along the lines of "This is November" <laughs> or whenever. The, I'm not sure when it's being held. Well, Christmas is usually in December, Brandon. <laughs> oh, I missed that. Part. <laughs> well, you know. Yeah, um, it's a it's it's a multiple month long affair at this point. Yeah, well, that's I think that's sort of the first. Bit of a non-conference news um, regarding Wyoming's basketball schedule for next season. Of course, they uh, if you all remember, they they were supposed to play Arizona in a non-conference game this past season, but that was rescheduled for next season. Um, and then also uh, Noah Reynolds, the point guard uh, that had committed to Wyoming uh, a couple weeks back, has officially signed. So he is now officially in the fold for them, um, point guard out of Peoria, Illinois, um, late high school addition to uh, Jeff Linder's 2021 recruiting class. And uh, I think, as we mentioned on the last podcast we did, could very well be the uh, replacement for Marcus Williams there at the point. So that gives puts them at 12 scholarships for next season, which is one short of the 13 scholarship limit. So um, I'm I know they've reportedly um, targeted some other guards to fill that spot, but um, that's where basketball is right now. But uh, spring football, let's, let's talk a little bit about uh, maybe what to expect in this uh, this spring game on Saturday, which I think better question might be, um, what will we actually see? Because I'm not sure really maybe what to expect because obviously the – the big storyline is, is the offense and I guess how how new or how different it might look under the first-year coordinator, Tim Polisek. Of course, Wyoming has been <laughs> very hush-hush about that. Uh, it was funny, um, we talked to uh, Braden Smith, Wyoming senior safety, on Tuesday. And, you know, he, he just mentioned in passing that there were some different things the offense was doing, you know, in terms of, of the defense going up against them every day and what they're seeing from them in practice. And, you know, I followed up with him. I was like, so are you saying like some different formations or how much different is it? And, you know, he sort of caught himself and started like looking around the room and was like, yeah, I think I've already said too much, which, I mean, he didn't even really say anything. He just said there were some different things, which I think that goes without saying that some things are going to be different in this offense. But, yeah, very everybody's still being very tight lipped about about this offense, and um, you know I think it's going to be interesting on Saturday because do I expect Wyoming to, to throw out the kitchen sink? No, spring games are notorious for being very bland, very vanilla in what you know teams are willing to show, and I think even more so in Wyoming's case when you're breaking in a new offense. I mean, you know, you're not going to put a bunch of stuff out there. Um, you know, for other teams to see before you've even played a real game. Um, but I, I do think it's going to be somewhere in the middle of, 
you know, showing everything and being as bland as, as spring games usually are, just because, I mean, you think about it, this is going to be the first real normal atmosphere that's been inside War Memorial Stadium since probably the end of the 2019 <laughs> season. Fans are going to be allowed to attend. Um, there's not going to be any face covering or, or social distancing regulations. Now, the, the school is encouraging those, but they're not requiring face masks or um, social distancing inside the stadium. And, and this is really the first time, you know, this football team is going to play in front of, you know, a crowd bigger than what the four or 5,000 that were allowed in attendance uh, during the regular season last year. And so I, I think, you know, when you consider that fact, and you also probably, if you're the coaching staff, you want to see how these players go out and execute some of these plays and, and, and formations that you've been practicing for the last four weeks. You want to see, you know, how, how they execute them in, in the first, I guess, quote-unquote game setting that they're going to play, you know, with this new offense. So I think you're going to see them open it up just a little bit. But like I said, I, I wouldn't expect anything uh, crazy in terms of the, of the amount of, of, of plays and formations that they're going to show out there this weekend. Yeah, I, I find it a little ironic that they're not going to be enforcing social distancing because I feel like with the exception of, you know, Georgia and maybe a couple – major sec schools like spring football crowds are the definition of social distancing <laughs> like there's never <laughs> yeah. it's not like it's you know no matter where you're at it's not like it's a full full crowd but yeah i uh i think it it'll definitely be interesting to see what they do show i i know we've talked a lot about kind of coaches paranoia and how you know they don't want to give away anything they don't have to give away right and especially when you're reworking an offense it's it's nice to have that element of surprise come fall um at the same time if you're working on it all spring on on installing that new offense um there there's a trade-off there right between how vanilla you can keep it during this opportunity to have a scrimmage you know what what are the pros and cons the pros of you know keeping that secrecy up but the cons of you know maybe not working uh all the things you've been working on all spring so i would imagine they will show us something new uh even yeah. if it's not you know i'm sure the secret super duper trick plays or something they're not going to show us but but you would imagine they'd have it'll have to look a little different if the indications you've been getting are are spot on as far as you know th- things being changed up um i guess it's also possible that the bar has not been super high for what constitutes different <laughs> in the offense over the last uh, decade, that's, and, yeah, that's a good point. So maybe any you know, any little wrinkle does look look fascinating. But yeah, I don't know. I think it'll be interesting to see because you know, I what is really the pro to I guess one game of preparation, right? To to uh, to keeping everything locked up. Um, you know, once you play a, a one game of football, everybody's going to know what your your offense consists of anyway. So. I, I, are, are you really going to, like, uh, miss out on opportunities to, to practice this installation just for the benefit of not losing to Brent Vegan? Like, isn't that their season opener? Yeah. Like, yeah. I'm sure they really don't want to lose that game, but but um, come on, show us something. Yeah. Um, and, and also the fact that, um, again, you're at – and Craig Bowl and even the school, is, you know, they're, they're encouraging fans to come out there because – like I said, this is this is as close to normal as they they've had around there since, mm-hmm. since the 2019 season. They want people, to, they want fans in the stands. They want people to come out and see. And I don't think you're going to sit there for the last three or four weeks 
asking fans to come out only to just turn around and run on first and second down, throw a slant and punt. Like, I, I mean, yeah. you know, I, I just, <laughs> that wouldn't, uh, that would not um, elicit much excitement among the fan base if you just go out there and, and everything looks the exact same as it's looked the last three or four seasons. But, uh, you know, and also, you know, you do have some position battles still going on. You know, obviously the, the big one being quarterback, um, but also, I think some other ones to watch on Saturday are the outside linebacker spot, which, you know, according to um, players and coaches that we've talked to this spring, you know, Easton Gibbs is uh, making a push at that outside linebacker spot. Um, uh, you know, Charles Hicks is obviously the incumbent there, but, you know, Craig Bull said, you know, that's not a, a done deal yet. And, uh, you know, it's interesting because you look at the production mm-hmm. Um, from last season, you know, Easton is, is their really their third linebacker, their backup linebacker um, at both linebacker spots. Uh, you know, he, he finished third on the team in tackles. I think he he had nearly twice as many tackles as, as Charles Hicks did, um, despite Charles being a starter for most of the year. Now, uh, you know, Easton started the very last game against Boise State when uh, Charles was hurt, but um, that's going to be an intriguing bat, uh, position battle. Safety is another one with Braden Smith and Ron Weber, who's you know, back from his opt out, and that's that's interesting because you know most fans will recall that those two were uh, duking it out two years ago at that free safety spot before Rome won that job. But Craig Bull said earlier this week that Braden Smith has sort of separated himself uh, at that position and is is likely going to remain the, the starter there. Um, some other notes too. Uh, you know, Aiden Everhart um, looks like he's going to be the uh, the primary punt returner. Um, you know, Wyoming needs a new one with Dante Crow transferring out. Uh, looks like Aiden's going to fill in there. And then Craig Bull mentioned Titus Swin, the running back, as a potential candidate to return kicks this year. So that's going to be interesting. You can see him pulling some some double duty. But, Brendan, I do want to talk a little bit more about the quarterback competition. Oh, yeah. Because people have responded to me when, it, when on Twitter, when I've, you know, tweeted out articles or even um, put out tweets just giving my thoughts on – quarterback competition and they've said you know because you know the word from Craig Bowl and, and really anybody that we've talked to this spring has been that you know this thing is, is a really good competition I think Craig actually used the uh the phrase razor thin um earlier this week to describe how close the competition is between Sean Chambers and Levi Williams but I've had people come out and ask me you know or say that um you know they're not sure if they really believe that and um, that they just be coach speaking. Look, I think it's a it's a fair thought because you know Sean, when he's been healthy, has been their starting quarterback. I mean, the only reason mm-hmm. that he has never been uh, a starting quarterback for them is because he's been on the sideline hurt um, with those three season ending injuries. And what, what's what's your take on where this thing stands? And, and do you believe it's really as as close as as Craig and some of these other coaches and players are, are, have been saying this spring? Yeah, I'm glad you brought this up because otherwise I was going to ask you, <laughs> you know, should we be worried about the fact that it is apparently so close? Because, uh, you know, from on-field, the on-field standpoint the last couple of years, it doesn't seem like it should be all that close. Like, it's, it, I don't know. If he can stay healthy, I think as we've talked about it, it feels like it should be Sean's job to lose. Um, you know, as we've, I think, discussed pretty in-depth in past episodes, you know, there there is uh, – you know, a, a little finessing maybe you have to do, especially in this situation where the reality is, you know, you want to have more than one quarterback ready to go, um, considering how many injuries they've had at that position in recent history. And you, you know, want to not 
you know, maybe you want to boost up the ego of the guy who's going to be in second place a little bit. I'm sure that could factor in a little bit, but um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think it's one thing for, for Bull to say it. And, you know, it's, I think it's very possible as, as like paranoid as I'm going to sound now that like there's been a, a brief discussion of like, hey, let's keep this in house. Don't, don't be telling the media, you know, yeah, it's Sean's job. I don't know. Um, but, you know, w- when you start to hear it from like, other people on the team that's when you start to probably think that it's there's something to it um and you know I know Sean's Sean's returning from an injury and all that and that might you know be slowing him down but um but so is Levi if I'm not mistaken um but I I don't know I guess there's some context for this in recent years like not to not to you know uh criticize the staff too much I mean I understand that this is nothing unique about Wyoming but you know all of spring and fall camp leading up to the 2017 season, it was like, okay, uh, Nick Nick uh, Smith and Tyler Vanderwall are neck and neck. They're just so close, we can barely barely decide. Maybe Tyler's a little hair ahead. And and then, like, everyone knew it was going to be Tyler, and then it was Tyler. <laughs> and, and, like, same thing with Josh Allen, you know, is he going to go pro? Uh, you know, that whole 2017 – sorry, I said, I said 2017, I meant 2018 um, for that last – comparison but you know the the whole last josh allen season right everyone's like oh yeah we'll we'll see but then you know come the end of the year when he actually announced it's like yeah we all we all knew he was going pro so there's there's a coyness especially with the quarterback position i think more so than anywhere else on the field it's it's uh it's a position that you know confidence matters and i i wonder as well you know um i obviously haven't seen and i'm sounds like you haven't really got to see too much yourself but anything in person to to weigh in on this competition but i would if it actually is that close i would almost be a little worried i guess on the flip side maybe you can be very encouraged by what levi's showing as far as progress but as far as on-field stuff goes it just feels like it should be sean's job yeah no and you bring up a good point about the coyness um, and look, I don't want to. I'm not going to sit here and say I don't believe what Craig Bowl is telling us about this competition. And again, as you mentioned, um, you know, we're, we're not out there watching them practice. I mean, everything is still mm-hmm. all our access is still virtual. I mean, we, we the media is limited to um, post practice Zoom interviews, uh, and that's it. So yeah, we don't get to go out there and see you know how they're performing on the field and what they're doing. I mean, our, our first chance to do that will be the same time that all the fans that go out to the to the stadium on Saturday uh, see them. And, you know, we'll all sort of see it together. But there is a tendency um, for coaches to think, you know, if I come out here and, and single out one guy as, as the, the leader in this competition or the winner of this job, then you're, you're going to lose engagement from the other players of that position, right? Mm-hmm. Like they're, they're not going to – they're not going to stay engaged. They're not going to practice as hard. And if, if we, if Wyoming has shown us anything over the last two or three years, it's that you need depth at, at every position, particularly at quarterback, uh, the most important position mm-hmm. on the field. So I, I, you know that very well could be Craig's way of uh, of thinking. Hey, you know, if I need to sort of toe the line here and 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 say that this competition is still wide open, so that so that Levi uh, and the rest of the quarterbacks, you know, stay engaged. But here's my thoughts on the situation. I think if everything is equal, I still think Sean Chambers is your starting quarterback simply because of his skill set and his unique running ability. Because, I mean, I've written and said this before, but I don't think there's another quarterback in the Mountain West that has the ability 
with his legs to just break down a defense in an instant the way Sean Chambers does. And that's, that's, that's part of his game. It will always be part of his game. And, and uh, it, it's lethal. Uh, and, and you can't just discredit that at all because you know, they're still going to call design runs for the quarterbacks. They're still going to use quarterback's legs in this offense. But I do think you're at a point now in this offense with the, the way that the passing game has been so ineffective the last handful of years where you might have to say we we have to put much more of an emphasis on who's going to be the better passer or who at least is the most consistent passer. Now, again, it, everything being equal, um, I, I, I think Sean Chambers is your starting quarterback. Um, so I think, you know, in order for Levi to win this job, I think you know his accuracy, his touch, his precision – um, his performance in the passing it would just have to be head and shoulders above what Sean is doing. And from talking to Craig and, and, and other coaches and players this spring, it doesn't sound like that's been the case. At least there's been no indication given that, hey, you know, that Levi or Sean is, is really, um, you know, just, just head and shoulders above where the other guy is. I mean, every time we've asked about the, the quarterback position, you know, we get the same answer that, hey, this thing is – it's neck and neck, and, uh, you know, it's, it's been a really good quarterback competition. Again, is that lip service at this point? I don't know. But I do think you're at a point where the consistency in the passing game has to weigh in more heavily. Now, Craig has said in the past that, you know, it's not going to be the only factor in determining who ultimately wins that job. But, I mean, th- th- that's the one facet mm-hmm. of, of this team, of this program's game that is missing, right? I mean, you know you have one of the top rushing attacks in the Mountain West. You know you have a at least the last two or three years, you've had a championship caliber defense. You just haven't been able to, to throw the ball. And, you know, it, I think it comes to a, at a certain point, it's like, okay, yeah, Sean Chambers' ability to run is great. Levi can run too. He's not a stiff back there. He's shown that. So you know what those two guys can do on the ground. But if you mm-hmm. still can't get to a point where you can keep defenses honest and they consistently continue to stack the box with seven, eight, nine guys – I mean, at a certain point, you're not going to have anywhere to run, and it's going to be irrelevant. So, I mean, I, I, I do think, and, and you know, Craig has talked about that throughout the spring, that obviously this passing game has been an emphasis. They continue to work on it. It's been mixed reviews, according to him, as to how the quarterbacks have performed. Uh, you know, he said in their first scrimmage a couple of weeks ago that it really it was one of their worst days of the spring just in terms of, uh, of their accuracy. So, yeah, I mean, I guess you could maybe look at it as a concern, the fact that, you know, neither one of them has really separated. And it, and it sounds like the, the, the accuracy and the and the touch and just their overall performance in the passing game hasn't necessarily been where Craig Bowl and his coaching staff hoped it would be. But you also have to remember that, you know, again, Sean's been away for a year. I mean, he wasn't going to come back this spring and light the world on fire. I mean, you know, he's he's been out of action you know, since the beginning of October. And, you know, he only played three snaps in that Nevada game before that injury. So it's going to take him a little while. Um, and, and I think just in terms of them as as more polished products, I still think they're not there yet in terms of the passing game. Um, I think it is going to take a little bit of time for them to make another jump and progress in this offense in terms of what they do in the passing game. But I do think you may be getting to a point where, you know, we have to value this more rather than necessarily just being a running quarterback, you know, we, we've got to have that added dimension in our game and whoever can do that better. Um, and, and I think, again, I think in, in Levi's case, I think it would have to be significantly better, but 
Uh, I do think that that's something that you have to put more of an emphasis on going forward in this offense. Yeah, I think that's that's a really good point. That you know the passing game is probably what is is getting evaluated um, mostly, not just because um, it's the area they need to take a bigger step forward in, but also it, it you know kind of aligns with what you're able to do in spring too, right? Like Sean's probably just yeah. as good of a runner as he's been. They're also probably not spending a whole lot of time having him run, you know, quarterback keepers up the middle in practice and Craig Bowles not coming out and saying, yeah, Sean's looking amazing. He broke eight tackles today. Like they're probably keeping, you know, keeping uh, the hands off the quarterbacks. And, and, you know, I'm sure that they're running those plays, but his, his chances to excel in the ways that we've seen him excel probably more frequently with, with those runs may not be what uh, is under the, the microscope right now in spring, but yeah, I think, um, I, I also wonder if there's a, I mean, the part you mentioned about the new offense, you know, we really don't know and won't know for a while exactly what it is that are going to ask of these quarterbacks now. And it's, it's possible that that aligns more with, you know, one quarterback or the other, and that's affecting the, the horse race there. And then I also think, you know, um, it, I, I don't think it's out of the question. I don't know if they've talked about this, but, that both guys could still see snaps, you know, or that they could uh, set aside a drive or two here and there for um, for Levi, even if Sean is the starter, you know, uh, or I guess even vice versa. I, if I remember right, in 2019, down the stretch, Levi was getting, you know, some plays here and there, which, um, correct me if I'm wrong, but to me that was almost weird to see because I feel like teams that I've seen, it, when they want to kind of break in a younger quarterback who's not the starter, they tend to, like, just set one drive, you know, in the third quarter aside for them or something like that. But I, if I remember, remember right, you know, Wyoming was, you know, switching off plays with the guys mid drive. So, I mean, I don't know if they talked about that, but it's, it's possible, you know, obviously you have a capital S starter at, at quarterback more so than you do at almost any other position. But I don't know that that doesn't mean that they, you know, if it really is close that we couldn't see both of them. Yeah, and at the end of that 2019 season that you're referring to, um, you know, Sean was hurt by that point, and then Tyler Vanderball just wasn't very effective. Um, so oh, okay, was that when they it was like, okay? Yeah, it was. It was like so. It was a Colorado State game where Levi made his college debut. For a while, they sort of went back and forth, almost by series, rotating those guys. But at the end, mm-hmm. it was it was Levi that took over that uh, as the full-time starter uh, late in that game. But, again, that was – he was mainly a runner. And, you know, some of that is attributed to the fact that he is a true freshman being thrown into his um, first college game. So, I mean, I'm sure the, the playbook wasn't very extensive for him at that point. But, you know, Craig has said that um, – you know, or you said at the beginning of the spring that there was a chance that both of those guys probably could still play. You know, he said it, that would be evaluated throughout the course of the spring. But – Earlier this week, it didn't sound like that was going to be the case because he said that the plan is still to decide on a starter at the end of spring hmm. um, and that the, the quarterbacks will still be evaluated uh, in fall camp. But he said it, it's not an either-or situation right now. Uh, and he doesn't want to play musical chairs at that position. So it sounds like whoever they end up you know, firmly deciding as the starter, whether that be um, the end of spring or, hmm. you know, during fall camp at some point, if something changes between the end of spring and then, um, sounds like they're going to pick their guy and stick with him. You know, at least as, as long as, as either one of them produces. Now, you know, if you, you get out there the first two or three games of the season and everything, it looks like it, it has the, 
the last two or three years, I mean, you, at some point you, you may have to make a change. But another reason I think the passing game has to be more of an emphasis when it comes to the quarterback position is because you don't want to use Sean and Levi as much as runners as you have had in the past, right, given their in- injury history. You know, if, if you can't throw the ball consistently, well, then that makes you have – you know, use your quarterback's legs more, you know, because that you 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 sit there and think, well, that's that's really the, the only thing that that they're consistently effective at is using their legs. But with, with a guy like Sean, who's had season-ending injuries throughout his career, and even Levi's in the last season when he banged up his shoulder, um, you know, you need to start limiting the amount of hits that they take. Uh, you know, if you look up in the middle of next season and. You know, whoever is the starter, um, you know, if Sean's out there running it 14, 15 times a game or Levi's out there running it 10 or 11 times a game, that's that probably a, a red flag and a big concern because that probably means that they're still struggling to get things going consistently in the passing game. But, you know, you need those quarterbacks to, to develop and, you know, turn into more consistent passers so that you don't expose them in the running game nearly as much as they have been in the last few years. Yeah, and I think, you know, I could definitely see the appeal, too, of really – having a clean demarcation of starter and backup if you're really trying to make you know strides in the passing game to uh you know increase your quarterback's confidence as a passer and you know have that consistency and that repetition you know that that's something that is gonna take work to get you know to get the passing game where they want it and um you know it might be beneficial for the guy to just know hey I can throw some incompletions. I can throw some picks without having to worry about, you know, having a short leash. Um, you know, that, that that could be helpful if you're trying to really um, prioritize, you know, making strides in the, in the passing game. I think it'll be interesting, though, if, if things don't look, you know, immediately improved, how quickly we start to, to wonder, you know, what, you know, when's the other guy going to see some snaps and, and how long is that leash going to be if, if it takes a while, because I mean, it very well could take a while to, uh, you know, everything that you work on in, in spring and fall is all well and good, but doing it on the field is another thing. So, um, yeah, I, I can I can definitely see the appeal there too of of maybe not wanting to uh, to mess with the the musical chair situation. Yeah, and that's why I think this this spring game won't be um so vanilla for these quarterbacks because you know you are bringing these guys back in into the fold into the mix coming off their injuries last year and you know you want to give these guys some confidence going into into the offseason so i think you'll you'll see them you know throw some passes and uh you know you know see how they how they perform in a in a you know pseudo game like setting uh mm-hmm. you know it's a you know because you obviously want to uh, you want to see how the, these guys perform when the, when the bullets are somewhat live, and uh, you know who, who's gonna who's gonna perform better in that situation. And also, just you know, getting in sync with with a new offense that that everybody is learning. So, and also, you know, it's it, regardless of who ultimately wins that job, mm-hmm. um, you you want both of those quarterbacks feeling good about themselves um, heading into the summer and heading into fall camp because you know, as we've seen, you know, whoever the backup ends up being is just one play away. So. I think, yeah, I think we'll see a little bit of something on Saturday. I, I don't, I don't expect a snooze fest out there. Um, but Brandon, I think we can, we can go ahead and wrap it up there. Do you have anything you want to, you want to add before we get out of here? I, I, I have some pressing, pressing spring game questions for you. Um, go ahead. One is, is there a swag sale this year? I don't know what that is. 
Okay, so they must not do it every year if they have. I think in 2017 or 18 they did it last where they had a bunch of the like leftover jerseys and stuff from from Wyoming football teams that they sold and uh they had a big event in the uh uh why am I spacing out in one of the athletic facilities and it was absolutely packed there which maybe is another reason why they're not doing it this year indoors but uh that's uh in my experience with spring games in Wyoming a great way to get a bunch of people to the games because people were just buying trash bags full of uh you know old jerseys I got one of their um like 2015 jerseys before they switched over um so yeah I was just curious if that would be drawing the fans out because I I assume you can't do it every year or you'll run out of you know swag to sell but they uh people people love that um so hopefully they'll do another one next year um two are they have they talked much about like the structure of the game is it going to be same as in past years if I remember right they do a fairly straightforward you know white versus brown or however they call it yeah or gold um, versus brown yeah no Craig said it's going to be a full game uh they okay. you know it's not uh the plan isn't to do like a running clock or shorter quarters or anything like that he, he said you know is is you know I guess depending on on how healthy they are, um, you know, going into the game and throughout the course of the game. Uh, that's obviously the the one thing that that you need to – that's got to be at the top of their priority list is getting out of this thing healthy. I mean, you know, mm-hmm. you come down with a with a broken ankle or a torn ACL, somebody that's – I mean, that, that, that t- quickly turns into <laughs> the story from the spring. So, um, mm-hmm. you know, I, I, don't, I don't know. It's He said it's going to be just like a full-scale game, four quarters. Um, but – I mean, you know, could that change during the game? I mean, it's all—it's always possible. Um, but um, the scrimmage is scheduled to start at two o'clock on Saturday afternoon. Um, gates are uh, opening at one o'clock. Um, they are going to have tailgating this year for anybody who uh, who wants to do that. I think the, the stadium lot opens at, is going to open at ten a.m. Um, and they, the school announced that they are going to have concessions too. So. Um, you know, they're fully embracing this whole, let's, let's get back to normal thing, um, mm-hmm. as much as I can. So, well, I, I do want to give props to Craig Bowl for doing, uh, spring games that are at least digestible because when I used to cover Mizzou, they would do this weird point system in their spring games where you never knew what the heck was going on and you never knew who won at the end of the game, except by like whatever strange formula they had going on so i I appreciate when teams like do it straightforward and and a crowd can actually like get invested as opposed to oh a a sack is worth two points and that's why the black team got like i don't know (laughs) i i hated all that whenever and much less trying to write about it um but i do want to uh offer some constructive criticism let's say uh they're doing all like you said all the all the uh tangential parts of the you know the game day atmosphere there's going to be tailgating there'll be concessions fans are allowed they don't have to space or mask up but they are still not allowing uh photographers other than the one pool photographer despite the fact that you know last i checked photographers stand on the sidelines with pretty pretty big lenses and pretty far away from everyone uh it'd be nice if they they uh would have allowed for that as well i know it's probably a little little late for us to be um swinging our post-cast clout and, and getting that decision changed. But uh, just wanted to make a quick pitch for, for transparency. And, you know, it would be nice, to, you know, just because we haven't got to, sh- to shoot them in a long time. 
Um, so yeah, I think that's the theme of this episode. We also wouldn't have to <laughs> we wouldn't have to read the tea leaves on you know are they BSing about the QB stuff if they would just let Davis watch. So tweet exactly. hashtag let Davis watch um, only Davis <laughs> um, at at Craig Bowl who is an active Twitterer. Yeah. Um... Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, I don't know why you can have well, the, and they're going to have a pool photographer there that's going to supply all of the media with photos. So it's like, well, if you can have one photographer down there, what's wrong with having two or three others? You know, I mean, the football field is a hundred yards it's long. Pretty big. Like you, yeah, yeah, we're not. They're not going to be clustered together in the back of the end zone. But are you all yeah. allowed in the press box and everything? Or we're, yeah, we're allowed. We'll be in the press box. So I'll be on mm. hand um, covering it, which is. Yeah, which is going to be nice. Um, but they're not lo- allowing any media uh, down on the field. So Okay. Yeah. Well, this is our spiciest folks, guys. Yeah, we're, we're getting political, <laughs> folks. Uh, well, I don't know, man. I'm just hoping, uh, I'm hoping that changes come uh, the first game of the, the 2021 season. Yeah, um, I agree. And, and fall camp. Yeah, yeah, yeah that too. Um, yeah, it's been the last time that I had any face-to-face interaction with, with you know, any of the coaches or players, I think was Wyoming's Pro Day uh, last year. Yeah. Oh, wow. Because I remember, yeah, because I, I remember I, I left town for a trip the day after that, and that was when sort of all hell broke loose. Like, the NBA canceled the game, mm-hmm. and their season, everything, and it was just a domino effect from there, so... Yeah, I think that's the last time that we've done any in-person um, coverage. Well, um, and look what happened this this year. Nobody gets drafted, so maybe they should have had you around. <laughs> yeah, good you're point. A good, you're a good luck. I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm certain that's the reason Wyoming didn't have anybody <laughs> drafted. Probably didn't have anything to do with the fact that all their seniors came back. Um, but I appreciate the fact that you think I have that much, cool, <laughs> much influence. Oh, well, you were um, two for two, I think, right? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, okay, uh, Brandon, let's go ahead and get out of here. As always, uh, stay tuned in to Chirp.com uh, and PokesAuthority.com for all of our coverage. You can follow us on Twitter and Facebook at Pokes Authority. You can follow me on Twitter at Davis E. Potter. You can follow Brandon on Twitter at BFoster91. Uh, this podcast is on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, and Omni. So be sure to um, subscribe, download it, give us that five-star rating. You can also find this podcast on our website at the Postcast link, which is updated every time a new episode is published. Brandon, appreciate you joining me. Appreciate all of you guys for listening, and we will talk to you again next week. Hashtag let things watch.